Well, I'm all caught up on the roleplay rescue, and I gotta say, I like this season seven format. It's gonna make it easier for me to keep up, I think. And then uh, I really like Easter eggs. That was awesome, uh, putting my voicemail or uh, message in there. I like that. Uh, keeps me out there, I guess. Uh, I like to hear the sound of my voice. <laughs> uh, and I think it's interesting. It's going to be a little game, I think. It's, oh, let's see if Jay put anything the from me in Roleplay Rescue today. <laughs> oh, man. What a day. Thanks he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die Only the brave shall come My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. Right then, it's uh, what is it? It's Friday, uh, the fourteenth of August, and I'm I'm back up in the upper room, and I've kind of actually placed my phone mic on a table nearby, so I have no idea how this is going to sound. But I'm going to go over there and get a box because I just wanted to open a box. Um, so I hope you can still hear me. Um, okay, moving some stuff. Um, oh, this is a very large and heavy box. Um, it's uh, labelled hobby stuff, seaside, and then there's a big list. It just, and I, I have no idea whether this will have survived, but it says things like BB, which I assume means Blood Bowl. Talisman of Models, Quest Models, Three Bits Boxes, Storm of Vengeance, 25mm Models Box, 40k Chaos and Necro stuff. That's interesting because I kind of know the Necromunda box is elsewhere, so... Hmm, I know it's not. <laughs> uh, opening the box, Necromunda box is right on top. Oh wow. Now for those who don't know, I used to work for Games Workshop. Yes, I used to work for the Evil Empire. Um, and um, they're not all that evil to be fair they're basically a bunch of completely lovely hobbyists now, okay, so opening this box I can see that the books are sort of mm, there's a little bit of sort of perhaps mouldy mustiness to this but um, and there's certainly a kind of coating of something on the cover um, but uh, otherwise good serviceable books. I've got uh, what looks like a set of Necromunda that's sort of open and you know, the, some of the card and tape, paper is warped but basically it's there. Um, what else have I got? Um, a random sprue of epic bases. Uh, what a grudge of drong! Oh my goodness. Um, so opening this up, this one doesn't have some moulding and mustiness. I guess the Necromunda box has protected it. Uh, this is a copy of the Grudge of Jong. It looks like the cardboard building is still in its cardboard, uh, like not popped out. Um, the 
scenario sheets are still bound. In, they're sort of on a, a pad kind of thing, you know, like a tear-off pad. And, uh, and there's one Ross sheet, um, yeah, and the building underneath is intact. So that looks like a completely intact copy of the Warhammer. And this is a Warhammer um, Fancy Battle um, campaign. So, now yeah, there's three car buildings in there. I don't know. It's supposed to be. Uh, and a scenario book and roster pad and elf and dwarf scenario handouts. But it's drawn. Yeah, well, that went on for 13 minutes, and frankly, I didn't want to bore everybody. Um, of course, if patrons do want to hear the full, unexpurgated 13-minute delve through a box of Warhammer and Warhammer 40,000 stuff, uh, let me know, and I'll stick it out there uh, for a bonus. There you go. Anyway, got a call in from Jason. Let's see what he's got to say. Hey, Jay, Jason here. Of course I'd be up for one-on-one -on -one play with you. We can talk about that offline, though. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the difference between being a player and a GM. That is a huge point. As a GM, you're fully engaged the entire game, right? But as a player, you're... I mean, ideally, you'd be engaged the entire game, but realistically, you're right. You really only have to be engaged when you're part of the game. So, like during the yesterday's game, I, where I ran Barbarians of Lemuria and screwed, screwed that up some... The, you know, it's really important to go back and forth between the characters. So during an event, like we did that the games, but during the event, I really need to be switching back and forth to the other players more often to see what they were seeing between the events. And I could have done that pretty easily, you know, because for the events we, you know, we roll three dice. You, you roll three times to see how you know who's going to eventually be the winner. So between those roles we could have flashed back to the spectators and seen what they thought so I, so I dropped the ball there I my biggest problem yesterday though and I'm interested in your thoughts on it were was a lack of confidence and not in the system and not in the the scenario because I, I knew the game I, I know barbarians Lamore and I knew this scenario my problem was I wasn't confident pronouncing the Greek words the Greek names and I kept fumbling and there's nothing worse than having your GM say, uh, how do you say that? Is, did I say that right? And and just sounding, you know, very unconfident. So I really dropped the ball on that part of it. It won't happen again. I, I definitely won't do that again. But, yeah, I think as a player, there's much greater chance to be distracted and to kind of go off and do your own thing when your character is not actively involved. Whereas, like you say, as a GM you're always involved the entire game so it's a it's a very different feel and i think it's why we like gming so much because it keeps us engaged the entire time i never actively thought about that before you said it but that's definitely one of the reasons i like gming is because it keeps me fully engaged the entire time good call trey good call so thanks jason the brilliant call in and um aside from the fact that you're being really hard on yourself in the same way that i tend to be uh, isn't it weird to see that reflected back at me? Um, actually, I, I think it's a valid point that uh, I obviously made in a previous episode and completely forgot about this idea that uh, being a player, you know, holding attention is is very much more difficult. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a hoary old topic, isn't it? This whole kind of swing back between players, making sure you're keeping people engaged. But I do think it's easier said than done. 
on the subject of confidence, I wanted to sort of weigh in on that because, yes, it was certainly evident in that session that you ran, which, by the way, was an excellent session and wasn't in any way uh, bad. You know, it was it was a lot of fun, as you'll probably hear me comment on in a few minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, there were times when you're sitting. Now, I think that online play, this makes this worse because often we're sitting we're staring at a computer screen. In this case, we didn't have video either, so it's just audio and whatever's on the screen, which, uh, you know, when you're playing on Roll20 is the character sheet and you put up an image and that's it. I think that's an incredibly hard thing to hold attention for. Um, I think that it would be hard for anybody to stare at a screen and listen to others talk. So if that talk is off topic, then yeah, it's very easy to sort of see that it's not important for me to listen, tune out, do something else. I think that it's really important that players and GMs stick to the game, play focused. And I do think that there's a lot of big argument. I know Shani Andy's made this and several others have commented on short sessions online make for much more intense, much more sort of focused games. On the subject of pronunciation of Greek words, I'd say don't worry about it. I remember the when I started teaching, I come across an awful lot. I, I teach religious studies. There's an awful lot of different language stuff there. And the best advice I ever received was pronounce it how you think it should be pronounced and keep doing that consistently until someone who knows better than you tells you otherwise and then you just change it and don't comment on it anymore. It's sort of don't beat yourself up. Have a go. I think that um, our worrying about it tends to make it worse, draws attention to it. In the end, you know, it really doesn't matter too much. And I just think uh, the pedantry that um, I can fall into when I hear others get things wrong, that's not helpful at the table, you know, making fun of people because they can't pronounce something that you think is the way it should be. That's just mean. So I know I've made an act active and conscious decision not to do that. Um, I will obviously try and pronounce things the way I believe that they should be pronounced, but it's not in any way a judgment on those who said something different. So I don't know. I think we all just have to chill. But of course, this is me saying that. And uh, I know that that's easier said than done. Thanks, Jason, for the call in. And before I forget, thanks also to Frank for his message earlier that I stole and added as an Easter egg. Let's get into the Dungeon Master's Diary. kind of vowed that I would stop doing um, unboxings but well this one's significant um, very large box um, oh, this one uh, has come all the way from Wakefield in the UK that's not all that far for those who aren't from England bubble wrap okay three mini boxes I've got a computer, a monitor, and various cables. Yeah, new PCs here, guys, which means, well, perhaps, fingers crossed, future recordings won't be so rubbish. Game on. It's Tuesday morning, and I've been having quite a lot of fun over the last uh, week or so with the Mega Dungeon. I wanted to sort of report it's a week now since I started using the tiny habits approach um, and yeah it's going well you know the idea was that every time I go to the Tassimo coffee machine to make a coffee 
uh, after I've pressed the button, I get the map down and I add something to it. Um, what I'm finding most days is that I, I add more than one thing. Usually there's a, a little area of the dungeon that I end up kind of filling in, maybe a few rooms or extending some um, passageways. Um, yesterday, in fact, I ended up uh, sort of getting engrossed. I knew on the map that there was a kind of a fissure that had formed um, and, um, you know, the sort of earthquake type thing. And um, I ended up kind of extending that through a large chunk of uh, the dungeon and um, you know, I had sort of already drawn. And it was quite funny because I'd previously drawn a section and then decided that I would sort of have this fissure run through and erase part of that so there are actually collapsed parts of the dungeon and things like that, which is kind of interesting. And um, it was just kind of fun, you know, just sitting there. I must have spent half an hour, you know, kind of sitting there adding to the map and doodling around it, which is great fun. Practical upshot is I have, um, I mean, I've, I've started working on the already drawn out tower entry point. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I'll start there, I think. I think, you know, it's, it's as good a place as any to start. Our dungeoneering is at the fire gate. And... But from behind that, I've, I've essentially redrawn the dungeon. I had begun to draw some old dungeon maps, but I wasn't very happy with them. So I just essentially started redrawing them. And I, I think the first sort of really big chunk, like a sheet of a A3 at 7 mil hex map um, <clears throat> dungeon area has been drawn essentially in the course of a week, which is amazing when I think about it. Um, I think if I'd sat down and said I'm going to draw that, that would have been several hours work, and it would have been really daunting. I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't have sort of made time for it. I would have got tired and got disheartened. That little bit every day, in fact, that little bit several times a day. I mean, already today, you know, we, we it's nine o'clock, and I've already done it twice. You know, I have a couple of cups of coffee in the morning. It's done, and uh, it feels good. On top of that, then from last Wednesday onwards, I think it was or last Tuesday, I started to try and find a way of building into my day, like doing one location's dungeon key. Um, because I kind of, I mean, I want to make this as painless for myself as possible when I'm running it. So I'm trying to make sure that I've kind of keyed stuff. And I think, as I mentioned uh, last time, um, I've been rereading the Alexandrians' uh, Art of the Key uh, articles and there's, I think there's four of those, uh, four parts to that article um, uh, on his on his blog alexandrian.net, thealexandrian.net. Um, but it's kind of nice because I read through them and uh, I I sort of put together my own not pro forma. I mentioned sort of doing a, a sheet. I originally imagined I might have a sheet I'd print off and just do it by hand. But actually, what I've been doing is um, that every time I sort of log onto the computer in the morning um i'm the first thing i'm doing is, well there's actually two tasks i'm doing uh, i've kind of habited in i wanted to sell off a load of books on ebay so the first thing as soon as i sit down after i've sat down on the chair, chair computer's booted i go to ebay and i i actually place one item up on there um when i finish that i then write one uh location um for the fire citadel uh, and that's been going really, really well. And I, originally, again, I had some draft text that I'd done for the fire, the fire gate um, kind of tower section. And so I've been, I, I stole that, and then I've just been re-editing that. And I think actually editing it in some ways takes as much time as writing it. Um, 
if not longer in some ways, because I'm having to interpret and sort of change things around. Um, but there's so a couple of really good things going on here. So first of all, I'm parsing the information really well, as in P-A-R-S-I-N-G, parsing, you know, how I'm going to um, really think about how I'm communicating and, and in chunks, what kind of chunks I'm communicating, which is really, really good. Um, but the other thing is, it's the, the Alexandrian's note uh, sort of tip is to one of his advanced tips is to put kind of play notes onto your location. So if you've got a particular uh, rule that you're learning or you're finding hard to remember, like just basically put a summary of it onto the location, you know, in there, right where it's going to be. You know, if they're going to jump across a, a chasm, for example, then you know, sticking in a uh, quick few notes on the jumping rules and how that would work and the falling rules even. Um, and page references to those as well, which can be really handy. It's save time if you have to go for a look up. They're there. Um, that's been really nice. But what I've found is that that pulling that, reading that, editing that um, into you know into just quick notes for myself, as course, is refreshing my memory each time. So each iteration, of course, helps with your learning and your retention and memory. So that's a really good tip as well. Um, and I'm enjoying it to be honest with you. It's just been really nice to do. Um, I think there have been a couple of days where I had a bit more energy and I and I did more than one, but, you know, just sort of sitting down and doing that is, is great. And I think that probably takes about, something around about half an hour. Um, now, at the moment, in the morning, that's easy because, um, you know, I'm on holiday from school. When I go back, I know there's going to be, the, I won't have the time in the morning. Um, so what I'm, I'm going to do, my plan ahead is that it'll be when I come home from work, um, I'll inevitably daily want to sit on a computer um, and do some things um, and I mean one of the incentives for that has been over, over the last few days has, has been about dealing with social media I've, I've kind of decided to move uh, using Twitter and Facebook just solely onto onto the computer and take those apps off my phone and off my iPad that means I use them less but it doesn't mean I can go I, if I want to go look and check which is probably going to be a daily thing you know I go and do that on the computer and, and then I can kind of close the windows and, and be done with it um, I think that that's likely to be my way in, you know, I'll come home from work and we kind of make a cup of coffee, which will be followed obviously by doing a little bit of map and it'll be going, maybe sit on the computer, it might be check, you know, check Twitter and that sort of stuff. And I think after that will be great to kind of shove something on eBay, do the, do a little bit of writing. Um, and if I'm gaming of an evening, you know, then obviously I'll be up online gaming. But if I'm not gaming, it's likely that I could spend a little bit of time after dinner or whatever, adding a bit more, you know, and being a bit more creative. So I'm looking forward to that being my process going forward and, and, and feel very positive about it, very encouraged by it. Um, I think that's kind of the main stuff. Um, the only thing that's really on my mind is obviously that I... Uh, you know, I'm going down the route of, of sort of running a Saturday night dungeon, open table, which I, I think is going to be good for me, actually. Um, I've been thinking about how to keep that simple, and um, and I really want to strip it back, I think, online gaming. I, I find that whilst, you know, Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds and all those things can be really useful tools, I'm finding that they, they essentially... There's quite a large cognitive load that comes with learning them, uh, but also with running them, actually. I think... Um, you know, even a dice roller app is sort of more clicks um, and time than it takes actually to pick up some dice and roll them. Um, now, I've with the new PC arriving yesterday, I've got actually I've got two monitors on my desk, and the PC itself is now on the ground, so it takes the what was the laptop off the desk, and that's left a kind of nice space 
um, working space. So I'm gonna, I think it's gonna have space there to put my dice rolling tray on the de on the desk and some notes, probably a couple of bits of notes and the GM screen um, around for quick reference. And uh, I think that's going to get a nice gaming space. So I think that, you know, kind of going online with um, audio, perhaps video, I think it might be nice to be able to see people's faces. But, you know, having that going, asking people to roll their dice, uh, us having this high level of trust between that GM and players in that one, just going to take the roles at face value. Um, I think that'll be a nice environment to start with. And, um, you know, if people really want to sort of level up to, to using, say, Fantasy Grounds or whatever, then we can do that. But I think at this stage, I feel like, make it less daunting for yourself make it easier for yourself just kind of strip it right back you know pet a set of dice uh, your notes um yeah not at the table are you so you know the, i guess the the computer screens become the the visual thing for that oh another small thing as well is that I, i've made a decision I, I did this a few weeks ago actually but i haven't mentioned it it's a small thing went online but i've you know that that whole thing with blue light white light you know like it uh, affects you and you know you've your ability to sleep and stuff. I've opted to set my computer that from about 7 p.m. in the evening. Um, it, it actually essentially goes to that kind of night light, less blue light thing. Um, and uh, essentially what I found over a couple of sessions where I was gaming was that it actually made it you know, a lot easier to drop off in the evening. Although, you know, the, the sort of mental effort and and generally the lighting, you know, low light in the house anyway and the kind of excitement of it all, uh, the adrenaline of it all kind of does take a while to wear off. I think it's just a bit easier when um, you've lowered the lighting and I do think it, it makes an impact. And even if it, even if it is a bit of a... Um, I don't know, more psychological thing than a physical thing, I don't know. Um, I, I just don't see that it's doing me any harm. So that's a small tweak I've made, you know, set up on Windows uh, for it to, at that time, you know, switch across. I did think about doing it with dawn dusk, um, but I actually I actually feel like, you know, seven o'clock is quite a good time. And um, it, it sort of from that point on, if I'm, if I'm up and dimming, dimming a light makes, makes, you know, makes sense really. So yeah, that's where I'm up to. Game on. H.A. Jason here, just listened to Dungeon Master Diary 46 Part 2, I think. And the idea of, you know, doing a little bit each day, you know, draw one room for the dungeon each time you go get a coffee is great. I I often think I'm going to try to do something like that, and I fail because I'm, I'm a horrible procrastinator. But that's a wonderful technique, and thank you for sharing that. And, yeah, I'm excited. It's It sounds like your your Mega Dungeon is coming together. That's very, very cool. So talk to you soon.